Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Layla's here. She's our nutritionist in residence. And you can get questions to us via radio program at AOL.com. We're anxious to receive your questions. There'll be time for your questions next week, or at the very least the week thereafter, if you send questions now. So what's our next question, Layla? This is from Robert. Is there any harm done to the body when you ingest too much fat at one meal after you've had your gallbladder removed? It's a yeah, great question. It's a great question. It's a common misconception that you can't eat fat after uh, a gallbladder removal. Right. But here's the thing. Soon after you've had your gallbladder removed, there will be the tendency to have diarrhea. Yes. While your body kind of, your physiology readjusts to not having a gallbladder anymore. So let's talk about the function of the gallbladder. Yes. The gallbladder is a... It's a depot. It's a depot which stores bile. Yeah. Bile helps to emulsify fat, yes. making it more easy to digest. To yeah. digest. And liver is the supplier of the bile, right. goes to hang out in that depot, and the gallbladder contracts every time we're eating a fatty meal mm-hmm. so that it can help emulsify the fat and digest and so forth and right. so on. So when the gallbladder's gone, there's no depot. So the liver is kind of, I want to almost say indiscriminately, secreting all this bile. It's got nowhere right. to go. And that can cause diarrhea, right? At least in the beginning. Yeah. Until so, but the notion that you can never eat fat again. No, 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 is, no. Is 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 incorrect. It's incorrect. Absolutely. And you can eat fat. Uh, I think exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, some people actually do better with fat. Yes. After because when they eat fat with a with an intact gallbladder with stones in it. It causes the gallbladder to contract painfully. Yes. And then you can't eat the fat because of the pain. Right. Uh, so it, I guess it, it might be prudent for someone in the immediate aftermath, as you say, yeah. of gallbladder surgery to go easy on fat and ramp up slowly. Ramp up slowly. You just and, titrate up the amount. Yeah. You know, don't, don't eat that whole right. avocado right now. <laughs> but, but here's or, evidence that this yeah. is not really compromising people because a lot of people gain a lot of weight after gallbladder surgery because they don't longer have that painful signal that they're eating too much ah, or that they're eating too much fat. Yes. So now they could just eat. They, 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 they can eat unimpeded and they gain yeah. weight. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, but there is, I mean, there is what's called sometimes a post-cholecystectomy syndrome. Yes. Which is uh, digestive issues after uh, a gallbladder. And, and we... We work with that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we'll use digestive enzymes. 
some containing bile mm-hmm. to substitute for what the body's not getting enough of. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Robert, you can eat fat. Just titrate up slowly. You know, if you're having any diarrhea, that should pass with time. That's what normally occurs yeah. after cholecystectomy. Good, good. Gallbladder removal. Thank you for that very thoughtful question. Uh, we've got a question here from Kevin. Uh, is there any reason for me to get the booster now with this level of antibodies in my blood? I was told by my endocrinologist today that I can wait until April, which is one year for my second dose of the Moderna vaccine. I thought this was a little strange coming from an endocrinologist since Fauci and everyone on CNN is telling us <laughs> to rush for the booster now before it's too late. Change change Your the thoughts? channel and you'll get a different... You know. Exactly. Change <laughs> the channel, Kevin. <laughs> First of all, uh, Fauci is not a clinician. Right. He, Fauci is a uh, representative of a public health establishment, which is all in on vaccines. Mm-hmm. That's their policy. Yes. And so uh, I would trust more the opinion of an independent-minded physician... Who and I, and I like endocrinologists because they're 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 very uh, they're not uh, in contrast to certain doctors who are more like mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, endocrinology is a very cerebral field. They're mm-hmm. really thinking about how the hormones interact and you know all the stuff like that. So, um, what I mean, this guy didn't tell us anything about his own personal characteristics. No. Okay. Nope. He doesn't say he's old. He doesn't say he's young. He doesn't nope. say he's obese. He's hypertensive. He has risk factors. Yeah. We don't know. And so, you know, he may be a very healthy guy who's got a lot of resistance based on his Moderna mm-hmm. and that won't wane too much. Mm-hmm. Although we're seeing the waning happening pretty fast. Yeah. Well, he's got antibodies. Oh, and he has measurable he antibodies. He has measurable antibodies. Okay. So, that, but that again... Doesn't tell the whole story, yeah. but it's a good sign. Uh, you know, people without measurable antibodies who've had the infection or have had a vaccine still have some immunity. It just resides elsewhere. We're not seeing yeah. it as antibodies. Mm-hmm. It's in, you know, B or T cell memory, which is not reflected in antibodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, here's the other thing. And this is, you know, let's say worst case scenario, COVID is with us. Omicron is like catastrophic. Um, which I don't think. But let's say, great worst case scenario. Mm. Does it make sense to protect yourself from a new virus, which may be vaccine resistant, by taking a booster now when they're rushing to make new boosters that you may want to get when they are approved probably in late winter or early spring? That may be the solution. Yeah, it's going to have to be a booster a quarter. Yeah, it's, it well, appears, or not, because it may yeah. just not seem justified, uh, and especially, you know, I don't think that these things. If, if COVID subsides somewhat and becomes yeah. endemic, I don't think there's going to be popular support for mandates anymore. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it'll be like, okay, if you want, you like the flu shot. You know, what's the uptake of the flu shot? Forty, fifty percent. It'll be like, hey, you want it, you can take it. Yeah, fine. You know. Yeah. Um, I noticed that school kids now are required to get the, uh, the, um, I, I saw a family member and the, the little kid had a band-aid on. I said, what happened? Oh. Were you, were you playing like, you know, cause, uh, for Hanukkah, she got like a little doctor's kit. Uh-huh. I said, were you playing doctor's? She said, no, she got a real shot. She had to. Mm. The school, it's a private little pre, preschool requires the shot for, wow. a, for a three-year-old. Oh yeah. my. 
But flu, no, but that that's the way it's oh, been. Oh, for the flu shot. For the flu shot, not for the COVID. the flu shot, oh, gotcha. COVID is like, no. All right. But, the, you know, so that's yeah. the way it is. Yeah, that's the um, You know, and the flu, frankly, among kids, the flu is a more serious problem than COVID. That's true. The flu can, can I mean, every year, like, several thousand kids die from the flu. Mm-hmm. Not, not a couple of hundred. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, rarely. Yeah. Because every year... Tens of millions of kids get the flu. Yeah. Well, the flu shot is only what percentage effective? It depends on the year. Okay. It could be up to 60% effective or as low yeah. as in the 20s. Yeah. So So there is that to concern yeah. with as well. Kevin, thank you for that very thoughtful question. We've got more questions about boosters. This is from Chris. You recently mentioned skepticism towards boosters, adding, definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. I'm experiencing pressure in my workplace, both from management and at the water cooler, to get a booster. Management is giving bonuses and sick time off for boosters. Consequently, the absence of participating renders someone suspect, and colleagues want to point point a finger at the unboosted weak link. Oh, how Maoist. Really? Hmm. A booster has been qualified as necessary uh, six months after the initial set of doses, do you agree with this assumption? Um, I think it depends. I think, it, I guess, fingers. I said before, you know, is, is it depends on the individual. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's tough because there's pressure now. Snitching's uh, in vogue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's bringing out the worst in people around this vaccine issue. Yeah. Uh, but like, um, you know, uh, it's like Maoist China. I, I, yeah. You know, the so cultural why revolution. I said the definition of insanity is to keep repeating the same action and hoping for a different result. Yeah. Is that uh, the the science does show that uh, for people with waning immunity, uh, you get a little bit of a boost on immunity mm-hmm. from taking a third shot or even a fourth shot. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're seeing in countries that are way ahead on this, people are still coming down with COVID, like Israel. They're, people are they're into their fourth shots in Israel, and they're still coming down. And they're with still COVID. coming down with COVID. Yeah, and uh, you know, so I mean, I guess if you have been vaccinated, mm. and if you come down with COVID, your chances of having devastating COVID are infinitesimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I because I mean, vaccines have some efficacy. Sure. Uh, unless you're very debilitated. Yeah. If you're like a nursing home resident and you're sitting duck for infection and you took a Pfizer like in March of 2021, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you may you may die of COVID mm-hmm. still because the vaccine uh, is waning. And so these are people those are people who really should be boosted. Fine. Yeah, I think the ordinary person can make a personal choice. I mean, the other thing is we don't know what happens to people. I mean. So far, somewhat so good. I mean, there are uh, bad consequences of the vaccine, quite a lot of them. Yeah. With two, <clears throat> what's going to happen with three? What's going to happen with four? Yeah. What's going to happen with people who take four and then get COVID? Is there going to be kind of a backlash of the immune system? We don't even know. We're in like... Ter- it's one big experiment. It, it's terra incognita, which is what they used to... They used to have like maps of, the, of, of Europe and then the New World. It was called terra incognita. Huh. You know, it's like... A, and it was like a terrible rendering of what they thought it would look like. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, these ancient... So we're in the, we're in terra incognita with this boosting. And and then again, there's the issue of, is this booster going to be effective against what's coming down the pike soon? 
Yes. Is Omicron going to become the dominant strain for which there's a poor match between the current booster and the people who take the booster now may feel gypped because they didn't, they, they took the, it's like the last uh, 2021 model car on the, on the lot when a 22, the 2022 cars have all, all these new innovations. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. You know. Wow. Good point at which, by the way, good, speaking of good points, good point at which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share some vital information with you. So listen up. Does fatigue sometimes hold you back from doing the things you want to do? Studies show that your cellular health may start to decline as early as 25 years of age, increasing your fatigue. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with the only nutritional formula clinically proven to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. It's NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics. NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. NT Factor is available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs. I've been using NT Factor for years and prescribe it for my patients. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Plus, during the entire month of December, you can enjoy 20% off the entire line of NT Factor products. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com for 20% off site-wide during the entire month of December. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting us. Of course, they are what underwrites this free broadcast, and we believe implicitly in the messages that our sponsors sent, we, we vet them very carefully. Mm-hmm. And you would not believe the number of sponsors that we decline, uh, more, far more than we accept. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> they yeah. just don't pass muster. And we don't want right. to uh, abuse the confidence of our intelligent medicine listener, yes. listening audience. We've got another booster question from Steve. All about boosters. Yeah. Dear Dr. Hoffman, I'm 75-year-old male in reasonably good health for my age. About six years ago, I was treated for polymyalgia rheumatica. Mm. I took the J&J vaccine in March, and I'm contemplating taking the booster. I would appreciate your thoughts as to which booster might be best to take. Well, well nobody, again, nobody really knows. Nobody's really handicapped this. Now we're into mix and match. You know, if you're taking the J&J, they can say you can take the Pfizer or the Moderna. Can you do plaid and stripes? If you've got a dominant color, <laughs> yeah. maybe you can. Right. It's, it's a little like that. Uh, and so the, we do know that the J&J wanes quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And that probably it was a mistake to offer the J&J as a one-off. Yeah. And the J&J probably should have been J&J and then wait three months and get another J&J. To mm-hmm. really make it work, mm-hmm. um, that was the selling point of the J and J was that it was a one-off, but it was there was a mistake mm-hmm. uh, because J and J immunity wanes pretty quickly. Yeah. So th- I, what's interesting in this in this case is the person has had polymyalgia rheumatica, which yeah. is a uh, an achy body condition, which in some ways is akin to vaccine reactions. Ah. It's like it's like how you feel the yeah. day after a vaccine. But you're stuck. Yeah. You know, super achy and, you know. Um, it's like having that particular symptom of the flu all the time. Right. The achy body. It's, it's an overactive. So it is a concern that a booster may trigger 
a worsening response. He doesn't tell us how he responded uh, to the initial J&J, whether it was uh, a minimal response or whether he, he had an exacerbation of his bodily aches and pains. Yeah. Um, so I, I think more studies should be done in that population. Like yeah. what happens to people with PMR, polymyalgia rheumatica, mm -hmm. who get any one of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that study has been done, but it's worthwhile doing because then we could have guidelines like if you've had polymyalgia rheumatica, take one shot or don't take this vaccine, do take that vaccine. Yeah, we don't know. We simply don't know. Yeah. And that should be done for any number of conditions where mm -hmm. there is a potential for immune activation. Yeah. But I, you know, where are the studies on that? I, you know, why? Because who wants to do a study that points out a, you know, it, it flies in the face of the narrative. It's like, the vaccine causes problems. Nobody no. wants to. Nobody wants to put their name on such a study. Exactly. And have their reputation damaged. And exactly. Have possibly grants from. You know, all the pharmaceutical companies are, are in on the vaccine. So, what you, you when you when you file for your next research thing, it's like, oh, you 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 uh, wrote a very definitive study that shows how the vaccine is bad, mm. or, or that people. There have goes vaccine. your career. Potentially, I yes. think there's there's there goes your funding. There's there's potential pressure. Absolutely. So. So really, we need to remove the onus on studies that look at the harms of the vaccines in the, mm -hmm. in, the in the interest of public, and you know, not just because we're all in on vaccines. Yeah, and to dovetail that, that's interesting, Steve. Thank you for that question. Uh, we've got one from Brian here. I just listened to this week's Q and A, which discussed ivermectin, and an hour later, I came across this article, which you may find interesting. Now. I was not able to print up the entire article, Dr. Hoffman, but here's the headline. Right. Dying COVID-19 patient recovers after court orders hospital to administer ivermectin. This is out of the Epoch Times. Right. And, yep. you know, so there have been cases like that where hospitals refuse to give ivermectin. Yeah. And there have been lawsuits. And I actually happen to know one of uh, the attorneys who has filed for these lawsuits. And he's he's lost a couple of cases where they say... It won't help. We won't do it. We won't do it. And the family says, why not do it? You know, but I'll tell you one thing about ivermectin is that it's not likely to save a person who's on death's door, in my opinion. Yeah. Ivermectin, if, if it does work, should be administered early. Yeah. I think that there is some, I'm just reading uh, RFK's book, uh, which has, it's very interesting because, you know, you think of RFK. The real as, Dr. Fauci, is yeah, that what it's called? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, you know, you think of RFK frankly, as, as an inveterate anti-vaxxer, kind of a, on the fringe a little bit. But, man, he has really enumerated a lot of very interesting facts in mm -hmm. that book. Yes. Uh, about He's the, not some wingnut. No. And he's got tremendous research capabilities. He puts together yes. all this information about how ivermectin has some bona fides. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not a panacea, but it's got some real bona fides. Um, and how it was suppressed for... Uh, political reasons and also to pave the way for the vaccines. Yeah. Because technically, to get an EUA for a vaccine, an emergency use authorization, there could be no plausible medications ahead of it that can successfully treat COVID. Oh, so it was conditional to get that EUA. Yes. Well, that makes sense yeah. then about so they, why so it they was had it And also, yeah. ivermectin is, is dirt cheap. Yeah. And it's available worldwide. And like hydroxychloroquine. In fact, uh, some in some countries, everybody's dosed on ivermectin. And those countries, uh, for one reason or another, perhaps because of the ivermectin, are doing extraordinarily well. Hmm. In Mali, for example, I think the number of people who've died from COVID is like 24. 
Mm. You know, and it's an impoverished country, but they have a lot of river blindness there. A lot of people take ivermectin seasonally to prevent river blindness. Wow. And they're, they're all dosed up with ivermectin. So, um, that's something. But there, look, there's something to ivermectin. Uh, and also, they, the studies that, that uh, nixed it, uh, at least according to RFK, uh, and, you know, I have to sort of cross-check because I, he's, he's got his narrative. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm distrustful of any narrative. Uh, if the narrative is like mm-hmm. uh, the vaccine doesn't work and hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are the bomb, I have to look at that critically. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, um, but sure. uh, anyway, mm-hmm. there's, there's some bona fides to uh, ivermectin, but ivermectin should be used early in the infection. It's, mm-hmm. oh, you know, if I wanted to prescribe ivermectin to a patient with COVID, I actually was on the phone with a patient uh, uh, over the weekend, you know, as I was you know, walking to dinner. It was like somebody came down with, with uh, COVID. And it was like, well, what do we do? And, uh, you know, can we get ivermectin? I said, I'm sorry, I can't get you ivermectin in New York. If you want to get ivermectin, maybe call somebody, call a doctor in Texas or call a doctor in Florida or some wow. place where it's... But it, you, you, the pharmacies won't, won't dispense it. Uh, the doctors, if they prescribe it, can be brought up on charges for like... Uh, is, is this actually what's happening now? You it, can't prescribe di- it's ivermectin? It's totally dystopian. It is dystopian. I mean, you know, it, it, you couldn't... Prescribe. I didn't realize it went that far, Dr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is news to me. That, yeah, that it's, it, it, that's what we're up against. I said, I'm sorry, I, my hands are tied. You're not allowed to be a doctor. I mean, I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't prescribe it. And even if I did prescribe it, it wouldn't, the pharmacy wouldn't dispense it. Yeah. You know, so they really got a, really got a lock on, on it. They have a stranglehold on that. Yeah. So, um. Ah, this is dystopian. And, and that makes it even more attractive to people is that it, I mean, it actually, it's a distortion because for a lot of people, they don't trust the government and they say, I'm going to take that because Joe Rogan took it. And, yes, and, Joe and, Rogan, and, right. the, and the science goes by the wayside. But I actually have looked at some, some, uh, tables which list all the studies on ivermectin and some of the studies on ivermectin are crap they're bad studies yeah they even have sometimes studies with implausible data and some of the studies come from foreign countries where the standards are not that good true in terms of administering studies so true. like you have okay great big study from egypt i don't know mm-hmm. you know is that legit i'm not dissing you know egyptian medicine and science right. but you know maybe somebody was showboating there and tried to you know skew the data. Mm-hmm. But then they, they actually did some studies that were legitimate studies, and those studies showed an advantage. Mm. So it's 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 a... To scrutinize everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's yeah. very problematic. All right, we have time maybe for one additional quick question. There's no quick question. Everything is this a detailed question. This next one is, yeah. an, uh, as, is an example an essay of question. a consult. Which we will get, which we will think about next week. Well, we don't do consults. We don't do we, consults on but podcasts. But we sort of cherry pick interesting themes from, you know, people say, yes. you know, my blood pressure is this, my height and weight are this, uh, you know. I, I take th- these meds and you know, we I just. Was, you know, I, I'm 75 years old. I was I was uh, born uh, C-section. I was breastfed. And then it goes on and on and on. Yeah, and on. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's like, no, that's too much information for right. a podcast. Yeah. So, so yeah. We, we, we do actually, in our other guys, mm-hmm. we have a, another professional guys, which is we actually see patients 
and talk to them yes. at length. We have an active practice. Yes, we do. Yes. And which, which is terrific. Yeah. So, so you uh, know, avail yourselves and, and that's that. Good. That you know, radio consults do not um, substitute for, uh, especially when involve problems, a one-on-one sit-down and a personalized nutrition program. Right. 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 You know, very. You know, because there are generic so things we can say. Our podcast answers do not constitute professional medical advice. Results may vary. A, yes, you should make <laughs> caveat, an appointment. Caveat emptor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But do keep those questions coming. Radio program at AOL.com. That's radio program at AOL.com. We appreciate them. Yeah. Thanks, Layla. And uh, we'll see you again next week. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mudin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to to being a collaborator in your healthcare.